Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Hey, everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year, that matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corner. You know, when I think about bands that perfectly represent what Bonnaroo is, the culture, the artistry, uh, the history, the roots of it, Moon Taxi could be at the top of the list. For me, that's why I wanted them to be a part of this. Um, Their story is pretty compelling for the whole history of it. Uh, We'll get into that with Trevor, who was kind enough to call. But, I mean, these are high school guys. When it Mm -hmm. started in 2002, that were just up the road in Nashville. So a natural sort of, they went. Yeah. uh, they, They liked it. Dreamt of one day playing there. Took them a lot longer to do that than you might have thought a decade right and now they did it on a small stage and then they were back at the second largest on the witch stage three years later and now three years later Ooh, don't 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 yeah. break the news because I, I, trevor breaks news today yeah and i'm gonna say it that even info doesn't have <laughs> i'm just gonna say they were back that they're back yeah. and uh i think that's pretty cool plus they you know they have a local connection uh we know them because they used to play small clubs here yeah. and uh Trevor spent a couple hours in uh, Camp Nut Butter with us. So. Yeah. I can't wait to dive into all of it with Trevor right. from Moon Taxi today. This is the What Podcast. That's Barry Corder from the Chattanooga Times Free Press. I'm Brad Steiner from Hits 96, WDOD Radio in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I, I know that this is not necessarily a Chattanooga-based podcast. It's not even necessarily a Nashville-based podcast. I mean, Barry, you noticed that it's now being heard in 20 different countries. Around We're huge in Korea. Yeah, well... I just think that's so awesome. I think it's eight downloads now in Korea. When you see us, too, you immediately think Korea. Uh, Japan, Sweden, Brazil. We're international. So, yes, we know that this is not a a Tennessee-based podcast, even though it is about Bonnaroo. But our conversation with Trevor today, very focused on Chattanooga. And we are from Chattanooga. Barry's been here his entire life. I've been here 20-some-odd years. The weirdness about this is that Moon Taxi is from Nashville. But man, you could have called Chattanooga home. They have been here so often. They have been in and our streets, in up and down our streets for years, and I have not once seen them. Yeah. How is that possible? I, I don't know. And I was thinking about that driving over. I think it's important. They are sort of part of this part of the world, I guess, mm-hmm. being Nashville, Chattanooga. But I think they represent Bonnaroo, uh, you know, joking about being huge in Korea. I think anybody will like them. I think their story is representative of bands in general. 
yeah festival bands right specifically bonnaroo bands specifically so while we do dive into some of the chattanooga centric stuff i i don't think it matters I right mean, i think anyone will understand it sure. we, we, we had bozzy last week yeah from california by Mi- michigan or michigan by california which is an interesting way to 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 sort of frame it, Bozzy never been to Bonnaroo, doesn't really know anything about Bonnaroo. Right. We like Bozzy. Yeah. He's a good kid. But there's something special about Moon Taxi and the way that you want to root for them because they feel like one of us. They feel like just another Bonnarooian. No question. And we get into, and we've mentioned it before, there's just some songs that feel like a Bonnaroo song That's or right. a festival song. They take you there mentally. Uh, it was interesting to hear him say that without us sort of bringing right. it up that was cool he speaks the language he yeah. knows every step of the farm it's it was quite refreshing talking to him a little bit later on the podcast we're going to tell you how you can win bonnaroo tickets uh we've got announcements to make we're going to read some of your comments that you've given to us at the what and from twitter the what underscore podcast let's get into it with trevor from moon taxi what do you say let's do it i uh, was just reminded by barry that our camp that we uh, have uh, set up at bonnaroo each and every year it's called camp nut butter and uh, there's been about oh, yeah. uh, there's 12 of us that camp and and we we've camped together for almost 10 years now and a uh, one special we get a lot of special guests pop through the campsite on occasion one special guest what 5 years ago happened to be Trevor. Yeah. Trevor sat down at our camp and hung out with us for an hour or so. You was probably... I stumbling through the camp or was this on, on purpose? I don't, I don't really know why. I don't... Well, I think part of it, I, and I wanted to ask, I think you, you you know Mike Dewar from here, right? From Rhythm and Brews? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I miss Mike. I haven't thought about that gentleman for a long time. It's uh, it's good good to remember him. That means the invite is open to you again to yeah. crash Camp Nut Butter Camp in 2018. Butter. Let's do it. I got to imagine coming back to Bonnaroo is, is pretty sweet for you guys huh we're ready man we are 100 percent ready to uh and excited to play some new material there and excited to get back to the uh i think we're playing the the witch right yeah I gotta, stage. that would be my guess i think we're playing the witch again but we might play it under the cover of uh of night so that's yeah. gonna be a little more interesting and exciting for us because you know, we, we pride ourselves on our light show, and uh, we're just going to pull out all the stops. That's got to be a much different show than when you uh, popped in on a Thursday night at Bonnaroo however many years ago, huh? Uh, that was 2012, I want to say. 2012. Man. Year, right? Man. Yeah. Let's get, you know, this is a podcast that we started to sort of, because uh, we've been going 26 years combined. Uh, we like yeah. the festival. It's just up the road for us. We're here in Chattanooga. So I want to take awesome. you back. Uh, you guys are from Nashville, uh, which That's is right. even closer. It's more like uh, 25 minutes. We're about 55. Um, in my mind, in my mind, it's like equidistant from maybe, yeah, maybe Chattanooga to. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe my, my GPS is my I own. actually agree with Trevor I, on this one. I, uh, Geography was never my thing. I really do feel like it's more of a Chattanooga <laughs> festival than it okay. is a Nashville festival. Yeah. Well, ooh, we can get there. Ooh, those are strong words. We I, can, I promise we can get there quicker from you than somebody can the other side of Nashville. <laughs> All right. So let's go back. 2002, this crazy... Well, no, no, 2002, 2002? This, oh. this crazy never heard of festival starts down the road or up the sideways for us. You guys didn't start your band until 2006, but you obviously were, you knew of it. So what I want to do is sort of talk about that progression of going from starting a band to having a band to when do we get to play this festival to then finally getting to play it in 2012 
and then you know man that's a long story but but i'll i'll try to go back to the very beginning and the beginning for me would be uh in high school when i started a band with uh tommy the bass player of moon taxi and we had aspirations to move to nashville and we were moving to nashville in uh the fall of 2002 so during the summer of 2002, we heard about a festival, a uh, first-time festival called Bonnaroo. And we were like, what is this? Uh, where is it? Uh, Bonna what? <laughs> Bonna who? All we knew is that we were 18 years old and we wanted to go check out this festival. Um, so we went. It was the first year. And it was beautiful chaos and the most fun I think I've ever had in my life. And I got to experience it with my best friend and my bandmate. We went to the first one and our eyes were opened. Our, uh, the doors of perception were knocked down. We were just, I was convinced that I wanted to go to every single Bonnaroo. <laughs> and uh, at that time, I wanted to go just as a, as a participant, as a fan. I just wanted to be kind of wrapped up in that that incredible chaos that is a music festival. We went and we got we got to see. I think our first show in the afternoon was um, this was in '02. We saw the band's Llama. Do you remember them? Wow. Yeah. We saw Llama. What an opening hand you got dealt. <laughs> it was great. It was fantastic, and we we were like, man, these guys can't be that much older than us. And and look, they're playing this great festival, and uh, we really looked up to them and and got to meet a few of the guys in the band, you know, years later. So that was our first show that we caught in the O2 festival. Uh, it was hot, it was dusty, it was messy, but it was awesome. And uh, that was my first kind of taste of, of of Bonnaroo. You know, fast forward, you know, a whole college education later. Uh, and five years later of playing playing uh, bars around the Southeast, touring hard and writing uh, records together, we were offered, actually fast forward 10 years, because our first time there was uh, 2012, we were offered uh, a slot on a Thursday night at this tent, I believe. No, sorry, it was that, that tent. Yeah, it was that tent. Yeah, it was that tent on it. I think it was like a 7.30 p.m. slot, so just as the sun was coming down. You know, we started playing, it was still light out, but by the end, it was just completely rowdy and yeah. a mess. And it, it was it was a huge, huge stepping stone in our career. I feel like that really put us on the national radar as far as bands to, to go check out that thrive in a festival setting. So After the first year, did you make it a point to go back to Bonnaroo again before you uh, eventually played it? Did you guys go every year to become like your your thing? Yeah, yeah. Sorry for skipping that that decade in there. Um, (laughs) We we went, (laughs) I kind of fast forwarded really quickly. We went, uh, I I went the next three years, so I went 02 through 05, I think. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, I, I, you know, took on some summer jobs and I was like studying abroad. so just really focused on um, my kind of academic career at that point. Didn't even have uh, a band. Studying. Didn't even have a well. It wasn't Moon Taxi then anyway, was it? It kind of was. I mean, we the we say '07 was when the band really formed because that's when uh, our final member came on. But the, the band formed and was more or less Moon Taxi over like the course of three or four years from okay. like '05 to '08 while we were kind of formulating our final crew and just writing music for our first record. But yeah, so I went to the first three Bonnaroo's, yeah. I guess, which would have been 02 through 05. And I think that's the same for Tom, the bass player, and Spencer went to the, I don't know if he was at the first one, he's our guitar player, 
and producer, he went to like one of the first ones. I want to say it was maybe 04 and 05. The rest of the band members, they're, they're a little younger. They're like three or four years younger. So they weren't, they were still in high school at the time and didn't get to experience those first few crazy years there. But they've been, you know, subsequently. What's so refreshing, especially in 2012 when you sat down at the campsite, the reason why you sat down at the campsite is because you were there for a few days. It's refreshing that right. on the first time you decided to, you guys got to play Bonnaroo, you stuck it out and you were there to watch the rest of the festival. Not everybody does that. And we talked about that maybe a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, that if there's something that we were ever to tell a young artist that was able to play Bonnaroo, we'd say, stay, stay and, and absorb the entire experience. I would say so. I mean, especially if you haven't experienced the festival from a fan perspective, I feel like Tommy and I have a unique perspective on, on Bonnaroo because we went as fans for so many years and, you know, we went to the first once. We saw what it was when it started and, like, the kind of ethos that it was born of. We, Brad and I have talked about this in previous podcasts and, and so we have the, the other fans in mind. What would be your camping tri- uh, tip? Do you have a camping tip that you picked up? Oh, your, man. Those three years or in, in 2012? Or? Um, yeah, the, just the kind of basic survival skills. You got to... You got to find a good bathroom, find a, an opportunity to uh, to like unplug too. I mean, it's it's a lot of sensory overload. So if you need a chance to like just go take a walk by yourself uh, and find like a an unoccupied corner of the festival, I, I think that's really important. <laughs> uh, you know, especially if you're like an introvert kind of like I am. Like I'm an introverted extrovert. Like. In my my sort of profession, I, I, I'm very extroverted, but I, I need those like moments of personal space and uh, reflection, time for reflection. I think that's important. I mean, you go from from 2012 and Bonnaroo, and I gotta imagine that that show was a major look for you guys. And and I we said it to Ashley Caps. I really think that without Bonnaroo, I don't know if a band like you guys gets as big as you do as quickly as you I, do. Yeah, no, it, it was an incredible opportunity and, and definitely um, a milestone. We always tell people there were like, you know, several milestones in your career. For us, it was um, Bonnaroo was our first one, you know, then like a late night TV show appearance was right. the second one. But, but Bonnaroo is always, always mentioned in the top three things of things that have helped kind of propel the band to the next level. And that's pretty impressive considering you guys have played every festival. Right, I mean, you guys exactly. not only play every festival, I think that you might have played every city in America. I mean, you guys could be, you're like the hardest working band on the planet. How many live shows are you doing a year? I mean, not more than 110 to 150, I would say. You guys work. You know, we, we, we found a good kind of uh, happy medium of, of time at home because now, you know, lots of us are married and, and have children, and you know, it, it's, it's hard to balance those things and, and still get out there and play as often as you, as you need to. Uh, we just took our first uh, European tour. We played throughout Germany and Sweden and Norway, and it was amazing. Wow. And I can't wait to get back over there. That's a whole new world for is, us. Is there a place that you haven't played yet that, that is still like your, your white knight? Is this somewhere you're, you really want to uh, get to that you haven't gotten to yet? Ooh, I mean, like that taste of, of playing abroad in Europe was, was really awesome. And I, I'd like to go play in Spain, uh, in some festivals in Spain. Uh, in Barcelona's got a good one, one, that's for sure. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of, uh, Primavera <laughs> yeah. in Barcelona. I would love to go there. I, I went to Barcelona on my honeymoon, and it is beautiful. Yeah. It's the most beautiful city ever. You guys, because you're an, a Nashville-based band, you're two and a half hours or so from Chattanooga, 
you played clubs here in Chattanooga, the people that saw you back then uh, and then maybe saw you at Bonnaroo, a little bit different uh, evolution with the band. I've, I've heard people say you become more of a festival type band or a, even an arena, larger crowd. Was that something conscious? Are you guys even aware of it? Is, is that a fair uh, comment, I guess? I don't, I think it's a fair comment. And um, people that have, you know, saw us play at, at JJ Bohemia and then people that see us play at the witch stage. It's I, for some, some reason they want to say it's a different band, but really it's not. It's the same exact lineup. Uh, we're, we're not necessarily playing the same songs, but uh, I, I think the, at the core of it, our, our songwriting process changed. We wanted to write more and some kind of style songs that, that appeal to the broadest range of people. And we, we wanted to have songs that, you know, thousands of people could sing along to. And I think that's the one thing maybe that's, that's changed fundamentally, but it's, you know, it's just two guitars, bass, drums, and keys, like at the core. Like yeah. for people, still for, the same guys. For people who don't know, JJ's is about 150, uh, if everybody stands, oh, what, shoulder to shoulder. Oh my <laughs> God. Kind? Yeah. I, that I, would, I, that would be fire code I, violation. I, I don't know if, I don't know if I can get my family's Thanksgiving dinner in JJ's. <laughs> it's, not, it's a nice place, but just to let people know. It's, it's great. Tell we me. We played a show there with, um, so who's, Who's the guy? He's like the kind of chief of uh, of Chattanooga. He's got a red fro. I think his name's TJ. TJ Griever. Griever. Yeah, he had the best yeah, hair. Griever. Had the best hair in rock. Yeah, <laughs> best hair in rock and roll. He's he's amazing and great energy. Uh, what was the name of his band? I'm trying to think. Up with you the Joneses. Know? Up with the Joneses. Up with the Joneses. Yes. Yes. We played some shows with them. Traded back in the day. Bro, and, uh, bro, I just love your band, bro. You guys are doing great work, bro. He's still around. He's doing great. He's doing great. Runs the best pizza joint in the city, that's for sure. Yeah, still, <laughs> still singing and uh, doing great. Uh, yeah. Got a family. Um, tell us about, and this is one of those easy softball kind of questions, but it's what we're here for. What was it like, that stage performance, and then getting to do the witch stage in 2015? Um, the witch stage was a lot hotter. We were yeah, there's a the three o'clock. Of the afternoon. Three o'clock, I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah, three o'clock with the sun at just that perfect angle where it's like no matter what you do, it's going to hit you right in the um, eye socket yeah. and just really mess up your, your sense of balance. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was hot, I would say. You know, you feel more of a connection with people in the smaller tent as opposed to like a big open field. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it, it's, it's hard to to ever go back to that tent tent feel once you once you jump on the big stage and once you feel the energy of that sound system pushing sound outwards. It's just it's an incredible feeling and yeah uh, that was that was one of the shows that we had the kind of infinity crowd where you can't really see the end of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like an infinity pool. You're like, oh my god, does it ever end? Yeah. To, to me, to me, it never did. That's an amazing story to hear an artist talk about the festival they've been dying to play, maybe their entire professional life, and then see the crowd show up and and have that type of reaction. That's that's what the whole stupid experiment is about. That's what the whole festival is about. That's how I. Well, that's how I imagine it. If I were a musician, right? That that's exactly how I would be putting it together. That's right. That's and, the puzzle I'd want. And it's uh, you can see video of some of that uh on youtube and you can see the smile on trevor's right. face that just looks i love when an artist really really enjoys the experience yeah there are some artists that uh, i've seen at bonnaroo i don't really 
like it all that much. Yeah. You know, uh, I remember Wanda Jackson showing up and it's 200 degrees and she looks around and she goes, whoo, yeah. it's hot. She was yeah. not happy that day. I remember uh, getting there early for the St. Paul and the Broken Bone show, and uh, he came, they came out to do an early sound check, probably 10 minutes, and it, it felt like they were getting ready to play. Mm-hmm. And he That's just right. Sort I of, remember that. He just sort of walked out at one point and just stood and stared and smiled. That's right. You can it, feel it. It's an amazing feeling, I've got to imagine. That's Barry Corder. I'm Brad Steiner. You're listening to The What Podcast, thewhatpodcast.com. Uh, we'd love to give you some uh, Bonnaroo tickets with camping passes. The Bonnaroo people have been uh, nice enough to uh, wrap their arms around this podcast and uh, give us some uh, Bonnaroo tickets, and we're going to give those away in probably a month. We're probably four weeks away, so uh, get your comments in today. It will be your entry for Bonnaroo tickets, and I was thinking about this when Trevor was talking about the very first show that he saw at Bonnaroo when he walked in 2002, and the first show he saw was Llama. Llama. I want to hear the very first show that you saw at Bonnaroo. The very first one that you saw, uh, drop it in the comments section at thewhatpodcast.com. Just click comments, uh, fill out the form, and give us your uh, very first ever Bonnaroo show. I don't necessarily remember mine from 2004. Uh, I have a feeling... I know what it was, and I and I don't really want to say because it's kind of ridiculous, uh, but I remember the wife's first one because I had already gone to Bonnaroo uh, without her. I guess it was the next year or the year after that she finally decided to come along with me. Right. Uh, we walked in from the backstage area, and we turned around, looked at the witch stage, and it was the yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. And I remember her seriously just looking at the stage, looking at me, and she said, where are we? <laughs> she was... Absolutely out of her mind confused is what we just walked into. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. Um, my wife's first and, and really only happened to be Springsteen. Uh, wow. That's her. Yeah. That's a pretty good. That's an opening salvo. That's, that's a pretty good one. Right. Dude, one and done. It's a huge place. People can't, I don't think, can wrap their head around it. Um, that's every year that, you know, you and I go, I have to walk through the gate there and I'm, I'm always overwhelmed at how big the place is. It's right. on a 700 acre farm. It takes you a minute to reorient, you know, Mm -hmm. which is where is everything? Where am I? It's amazing that you've probably spent a month of your life on that farm and you still have to calibrate. You still have to remind yourself, wait, wait, where am I again? Where am I? And they've, they changed things. That's part of it. But yeah, I don't remember my first show either. I remember first moments, uh, the AAS, my morning jacket, obviously I've mentioned that many times in the rain. Walking out into the what stage area, that field, when you see it empty, mm-hmm. it's one thing. It's still huge. And then wait, you, wait, see you, see it with, it, you see it empty on a Saturday morning? Yes. Or are you seeing it empty on a Friday morning? Because it's a very different experience. It is a very different. <laughs> and that's another thing that I always, I mean, I get up early. So getting up at seven when some shows are ending. Yeah. And I'm getting up to go get coffee and they're crawling off to bed and you right. see that field full of stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you know this, but I don't think that with a general admission pass that you can walk into the gates and see the what stage field. So uh, if we can give you a little bit of behind the scenes of eyes and ears, it is a garbage heap. And yeah. what what is the company that actually does the the groundkeeping? The the people that pick up the trash. Well, there's the trash or the. Uh, it's uh, the recycling group, yeah, and I can never remember the name of green them. Green, some. Uh, well, they do an absolute amazing job, and if you see them around, pat them on the back because those guys work their asses off. You cannot imagine the amount of trash come seven o'clock in the morning. That is covering yeah. the what field. It is unbelievable. They get that in shape. 
by the time the gates Yeah, and then it's gone by mid-morning, really. Right. Uh, they go through. We'll get into some of that later. I'm glad you brought that up. There are a lot of programs involved with this festival. Um, There's almost too many to name. Yeah, the I had a I had a meeting just this week with the guy that is picking up the extra food from some of the catering and trucks, and yeah. they take it to the Grundy County uh, Food Bank. Basically, they feed the homeless with it. That's only about a five or six year old program. Right. Gear up, I think, or is they they go people a lot of people who buy brand new tents and sleeping bags and pack their trucks and then. On Sunday or Monday when it's time to drive back to Michigan or (laughs) California, they just leave it. Yeah, you can have that. And I'm done with it. I'm not packing it up. Half of my gear has happened because of our campmates. (laughs) That's right. But they figured out how to recycle that. They resell it and they use that money. So I think it'd be fun as we get closer to the the festival to jump in and do a couple of podcasts, maybe 15-minute quick hits during the week. Maybe fill in on some of those programs as we get Absolutely. closer. You want to do that? That's, yeah, that's part of why I wanted to talk All to right. David. Um, uh, he and his wife, his actually his mom and stepfather started this program that's awesome. some years ago. It's cool. So not only got Bonnaroo tickets to give you if you want to enter your comment, your very first ever Bonnaroo show that you saw, uh, do it at the comment section. Just click comments or contact and put in uh, your info and you'll be in for Bonnaroo tickets. I remember I brought my brother one year to Bonnaroo. The very first show that he walked into, we wheeled him behind the what stage and we dropped him right in the pit of Kanye West. (laughs) What? (laughs) I mean, talk about a spoiled rotten kid. Mind blown. Yeah, spoiled kid, that jerk is. All right, I was going through some of the, uh, the comments here in a second, but I wanted to give away our future prize pack from last week. I've got uh, vinyl. I've got a future hat, some uh, some future goodies. I'm going to give that to Sarah Spencer, at Sarah Spencer on Twitter. She is our future prize pack winner. There are some really great comments. If you want to drop us a line, you can at thewhatpodcast.com. This from Drew. I cannot express how much I love this podcast. I'll be coming from Pittsburgh for my sixth year. I have friends who have, within the last two years, have moved down to Nashville, sort of out of the love for Tennessee, which was found at this amazing festival. Our group covers over almost 10 states between everyone who makes the trip every year, and we keep finding more people down with the cause and who tag along to make their new yearly plan. Your podcast takes me back, especially the Dust Bowl. Oh, my God. It's a vacation <laughs> for your soul, as my friend puts it. I'll stop coming to Bonnaroo when I'm dead. There you go. That's, That's pretty good. That is. <laughs> you know what? We might even be there when we're dead, I'll be honest. <laughs> the thing that has sort of, uh, well, several things have impressed me with it. The logistics of it are mind-boggling, yeah. how they how they make it work. That idea of it becoming a rite of passage is something I don't think I really thought of mm-hmm. at first. We talked with Ashley Caps a couple of weeks ago about that very thing. But can you imagine graduating from high school and this being your sort of summer, you know, your reward for summer? I mean, I can barely handle it at 36. I, I don't know. know how I do it at 19. What a great thing, though. What a what a cool... We didn't have anything like that. I guess we had uh, Champagne Jam down in Atlanta was about as close. Well, that's exactly how Trevor got into Bonnaroo. We're talking to Trevor from Moon Taxi today on the What Podcast Back into our conversation, Trevor. I mean, you guys, not only you, you tour, it feels like forever, but you put out a lot of product. I was pretty shocked that you guys have already put down, what, five albums now? With with the fifth? Is the fifth it's one coming crazy. out? It's fifth unbelievable out how, now, yeah. how, how quickly all this it's happened. It's out. It's out. Yeah, the fifth one came out in um, 
in early uh, January of this year. When you got to figure out what the album's going to sound like and what the perspective is going to be, do you oftentimes think about the festivals? Do you think about the live shows, bringing them into the, the recording process? I would say that. I would say, I mean, even before then, it, into the writing process, I think that, that that's always in the back of our minds. Like, is this going to crush in a giant crowd like like at Bonnaroo, for example? Right. I mean, that's that's definitely been mentioned. Like, when you, when you pitch an idea to the rest of the guys, you know, you're always aware of how they're going to react. And, and as, a, as a tool for selling your idea, you're like, man, can't you just see that, like, crushing at Bonnaroo? Like, that has been used in, in several of our writing sessions before. Is so, there a song in particular I, that you guys have written that you've said to yourself, you know what, this may not be the perfect song for a, for a record, but it's going to be great live? We just we put those ones on the record. We, we, we don't really pursue those ones that aren't going to make it in a live setting, you know? It's like the, the live show and the studio album, they're so intimately tied. We know that we're going to go play a million shows on this record, so let's just make both of those components satisfied. It's great to hear you say that because we've mentioned it several times in previous podcasts. You can just hear the first notes of a song and, and picture yourself in your case, on the stage, but in our case, standing out in that crowd, in the field, or in the one of those tents. There's just a different sound Absolutely. to those those types of songs, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, that, that's if, if that's a tool that you need to use to, to finish a song or to even, like, come up with that creative spark, I think that's that's wonderful, and you should, like, pursue it. Are you saying all weekend? Are you going to try and uh, see a lot of shows? If if so, who you got uh, you got on your list? Absolutely. I'm staying all weekend, and my parents are coming. Oh, so no. My parents' first Bonnaroo. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, so they're going to see what I've been doing this whole time. Oh, good. So I don't, who's I who's don't mom and dad excited about? Who, who do they have on their list? <laughs> Probably Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> <laughs> they're gonna get down with Eminem. Hip parents. I don't really know. I, I'm gonna have to ask them. Like they're they know about some bands that I'm not even aware of. So it's it's gonna be great. No, it's gonna be fun, and I need to to make it over to camp. Uh, nut, camp's butter. nut butter. Can you camp tell nut me? butter? Nut yes. butter. Oh yes. man, I was about to say. Just ask, really man. Dirty, You'll f- follow the lights. Everybody sees the giant cartoon heads in our uh, campsite. You'll find us pretty. We're easily. easy to find. <laughs> I'll, I'll come see you guys, I promise. Right. We'd love to reconnect at uh, Bonnaroo, and thank you so much. Thank you, Trevor. And honestly, congratulations on the massive success. It is, uh, it's really a thrill to talk to somebody when they, when they begin their career and then watch it unfold literally in, in front of our eyes on the farm. It's a testament to not only what we love at Bonnaroo, but you guys as well. So congratulations. It, it feels great to be a part of it. Thank you for the support, and yeah. thanks for uh, yeah, sticking with us this whole time. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Barry. Thanks, man. Trevor from Moon Taxi on the What Podcast, a Bonnaroo podcast for Bonnarooians by Bonnarooians. We appreciate you listening again this week. Again, Bonnaroo tickets and your comments at thewhatpodcast.com or you can interact with us anytime at the what underscore podcast. I think it's cool, all the comments. I want to thank everybody. Um, and just to let some folks know, I think one of the things we want to do is maybe call some people. Yeah, sure. And, and have they, them on the podcast. And have I love them on. Idea. And so uh, if you guys are out there and you suddenly see a phone call from 423, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not selling vacuum cleaners, so I right. hope you'll answer. Are you going to be FaceTiming, I wonder? I don't know. I hadn't figured that out yet. Okay. That's you, possible. You don't know how to FaceTime, Barry? I do know how. Okay, just make no, no, sure. I'm, I'm, it's the recording the audio that I'm... I'm okay. On, well, so. maybe we'll just do it from here. That'd we'll be do fun. It live yeah. on the podcast, there you we could go. do that. Yeah. So yeah. Well, maybe we'll, that's an idea. We'll reach out to them ahead of time and say, "Hey, yeah, 
be ready or whatever. Be ready. A call from the phone What Podcast. We're going to phone a friend. Could happen. Hey, next week, go ahead and uh, plug next week. I think that uh, next week may be uh, uh, personally the most excited that I could be. Yeah. It's another one of those, a similar story to Trevor. We want to call Paul Janaway from St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Paul has such a great Bonnaroo connection right. story. He actually worked, I don't remember if it was the first year, but it was early. Mm-hmm. He did one of the volunteer, was one of the volunteers and fell in love with it and basically had the dream of one day becoming a, a performer. And yeah. he has such a great story about his singing in church and the the pastor who basically kept telling him you're a backup singer not yeah. a lead singer yeah, we <laughs> hope we hope we're not speaking too soon but we're going to talk to paul this week and right. i couldn't be more excited yeah. because i love saint paul and the broken bones i spent a year following them around the country i probably saw them 15 times in a year i love these yeah. guys and from what i have heard and i hope that i'm not uh, saying something that i shouldn't they should have a new album this year yes so what you're going to hear uh, hopefully from paul this this upcoming podcast next week is uh, something about the new material and if he'll be performing it at Bonnaroo. And by the way, the tent jump. I'm wondering if if he's going to, a lot like Moon Taxi, jump from tent to main stage this year. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think so. We'll see. We, yeah, we'll see. The The lineup is not out. They're releasing, uh, for you guys that already have your tickets or are interested, uh, they have been releasing, it seems like about once or twice a week, some of the tent lineups instead of doing it all at once. I know they've released the other right. um, stage lineup, the e, the electronic, the EMD, and they've released uh, some of the uh, schedule out in the right. camping area. Oh, they've got right. some night, uh, some special guests out there. Mm-hmm. So you can go and check at, that out. It's all on the Bonnaroo.com website. And we appreciate you listening to the What Podcast, the What underscore podcast on Twitter, the whatpodcast.com. For all of your Bonnaroo ticket needs, we will talk to you next week on the What Podcast. For Barry, I'm Brad. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year? That matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.